In this era of social media perfection, we often are better able to see curated accounts of success, but very rarely, if ever, get to hear about the grit, challenges, and moments of clarity it took to achieve that success. Do you have really big dreams, but sometimes feel stuck or overwhelmed? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Treasure Hunters. This is the podcast for people forging new paths who also need a little inspiration and truth from people who have walked the walk. I'm Lauren McKnight. I'm an artist, creative, and fellow seeker. Now, I've already lived multiple lives at this point, and along the way, I've been extraordinarily blessed to meet some very interesting and inspiring people. Every week, I get to sit down and chat with my fellow seekers while they share pieces of their very unorthodox journeys. They drop practical gems and give us pearls of wisdom that we can use along the way. This is Treasure Hunters. All right. Welcome back, fellow seekers. Um, Boy, do we have a show for you today. So joining me or joining us on the hunt this week is the marvelous, magnificent, mesmerizing Mishanda Miles. <laughs> oh, God, girl. She's, oh, God, girl. She's a multi-hyphenate. So she's a host. She's a model. She's a triathlete. And most importantly, she is a treasured part of my chosen family. Welcome, Mashanda. Wow. You made me sound <laughs> like I was an angel in disguise. I mean, come on. Can I get that intro again? Replay that for my ears. They need to hear that Nobody here wants to hear me saying, let me just type that down. Well, I meant every word of it. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. I'm very excited to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. And to share some of your magic with the people. Um, I'm blessed to talk to you fairly regularly and get some of these gems, but you know, I can't keep you to myself. That's not fair. Well, it could be. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get started, my first question I ask everybody, you can answer it now, or you can kind of sit on it and see if it, what comes up for you as we talk. Um, But I always ask if we were to meet your younger self, who or what would she say she wanted to be when she grew up? Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm going to sit on that one for a second. Um, but hi, everybody. My name is Mashonda, and uh, I can be found on social media as Mashonda Shines everywhere. And that is who I am. I am a young lady who was born to shine and to born to let her light shine so that others could shine as well and to give them inspiration to shine. I know that was a lot of shining, but that's what I'm here to do. Uh, I model and uh, one of my larger clients is QVC. I am also a triathlete and have a podcast called Try Beginner's Luck. Where, (laughs) Yeah, so I'm a new potty or podcasty or whatever the new hot word is. Uh, but I'm the host of that show, and it's really to get people to fall in love uh, with the triathlon life. It's changed my life in such a way, and I wanted to be able to give something back to others to show them that it's so easy that to try to be healthy, and they can do it while having fun. So, yeah. And let me tell you, uh, this girl can do anything. I honestly have watched the beginning of her journey in triathlon triathlons. And to say that, like, she is just naturally inspiring by showing up is the understatement of the year. So we could talk a little bit about, and I know you're ruminating over my question, who or what 
would your younger self say she wanted to be? And so we're, we're sitting with that, but let's just talk about how we even like linked up or, or came across each other's path. So in a former life, I was a makeup artist for several different brands, but the, the brand that brought Michonne and I together was Bobby Brown. And, uh, you know, we were all in the lineup, probably at like Lord and Taylor or Bloomingdale's. <laughs> and the first time I met Mashonda, I could tell that she was somebody who was incredibly resourceful and like very open to quote fumbling forward. So she, you know, she wasn't scared to try certain things, maybe do things that weren't necessarily the Bobby way, but was asking all the questions, super inquisitive, and like never took any of it seriously. And if you've ever been in makeup, you know that it would be very easy for people to get so serious and upset that they're not like perfect right away. But the way that Mashanda approached curiosity made me be like, I like this girl. She's got the best attitude about everything. Um, do you want to share with me a little bit or share with our listeners a little bit about like where you were in your journey at that point? Because I feel like I kind of met you at the crossroads of freelance makeup artistry and modeling. And then, you know, the rest, I guess, is history. But can you tell us a little bit about like where you were at that point? Wow. It takes someone to take you back. And you often don't know how people perceive you. Mm-hmm. And hearing that, I couldn't help but laugh. I had to put myself on mute and just bust out laughing because I was at a crossroad and you said fumbling forward. I was truly fumbling forward. So I didn't know anything about makeup. I was not considered a makeup artist. I wasn't quote unquote, good by the standards of makeup artists who had been doing this for years, I literally fumbled into it because I was like, I need to get some money. I need to figure something out. And I was tired of working overnight, but I had a curiosity about beauty and I love beauty and skincare. And so I also knew I wasn't making a lot of money. And so I happened to do a trend show and I said, who are all these people? Like I had not been exposed to beauty at that level of Nordstrom's. I'm from Mm -hmm. Augusta, Georgia. We don't have a Nordstrom's. And even with that, when I lived in Atlanta, I did sort of kind of get into the beauty industry and started working with Benefit and got fired. And I didn't understand at the time that you couldn't take a gratis back because I was like, this stuff is breaking. Well, it wasn't doing really good justice for my skin. And so I was like, well, let me exchange it. I didn't know you couldn't do that. Oh, bless. And no one told me. And I feel like my counter manager was kind of shady because she could have told me. But at the time, I thought that that wasn't supposed to be my path. However, Mm -hmm. full circle around and I see God had a moment in the setup. And just because that one moment I thought defined what it was I was supposed to do, ultimately it came back around and I knew how to handle it differently. So I, one of my uh, pro fights, I'm, I'm a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, and she was working for a brand at Nordstrom's. And so she got me onto freelancing. And as a result, I kept seeing people, the Bobby counter used to always be popping. And I was like, if I'm going to do this, I need to be with a popping brand because I need to be able to like what I'm selling because I'm not one of those who are going to sell you no crap. I'm not going to fake the funk. I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. Hmm, Authenticity? Authenticity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I could have summed that up, but you know, I took the long road and I was like, I just kept seeing people just always sitting in the chairs and the makeup would always look so beautiful and natural. And for me, 
I love natural beauty. I do not enjoy, I think there's a time and a place for makeup that covers everything and it is very intense for going out at night but for everyday makeup when you're covering up who you are that to me is like you're putting on a mask and I felt like Bobby just embodied natural beauty for everyday women and that's who I was and so yes I approached it differently because I wasn't a makeup artist and I had questions because I didn't know what the heck I was doing I mean I love how you did it though You know, there was a, there was, like I said, there was a curiosity and just like a genuine, like studying of the craft or studying of what it is that, I mean, to be honest, like that's who you are. Like that could be applied to everything that you've done or everything that you do currently is you study it, you're curious about it and you just take it one step at a time. And I just appreciated that because again, like I said, I, before Bobby, I had worked for some very, you know, some, some brands that were more quote, artistry driven. I think you can probably fill in the blanks on what those brands might look like. And so the energy was that if you didn't show up already being a pro, what are you doing? You're the weakest link to get out of here. Um, And I think what was especially special about our little bubble of Bobby freelancers is that we really were like a pod of teachers. We taught each other. We were Mm -hmm. patient with each other. We encouraged each other. I just, I will never forget like just your your whole energy. You're like, wow. Oh, this like just so expressive. So excited. Cause like, I'm extra. Who I is this so girl? Extra. I love her. Yes. I'm extra. And I am learning not to hide it. Like that's who I no. am. That's who God has made me. And I will definitely say before I would do makeup and you were saying you liked it, I would pray like mm. flat out pray because I knew I couldn't do it in my own ability, but I knew that if God put his super on my natural, I can make this happen. And I don't know if you remember, but I used to win so many prizes because I was motivated. Cause I was like, I ain't had no money. And so I need this good skincare. That's like a hundred dollars a pop. I need this good serum. That's a hundred dollars a pop. So how am I going to do this? Lord, you know what I need? Help me. And literally I would get. You visions. did used to win a lot of stuff. I did because he knew, look, I knew what my pockets was looking like then and still now. However, I knew that I couldn't do it without God. And I was growing in my spiritual walk at that time. And it was an opportunity for me to test my faith. And, oh, getting a little emotional. It was an opportunity for me to test my faith and to see what I had been reading about, if it was true. And literally it proved that I couldn't do it on my own, but if I asked for the help, he would help me. And I would get visions of what these women would look like. And not just visions of what they look like, but visions of what they needed to hear. Visions of what Mm -hmm. their soul needed to hear. Because again, I feel like we as makeup artists, we were like part-time therapists slash part-time beauty. (laughs) you know, part-time artist, kindergarten teacher, we were everything. And you, it's unfortunate that we can't be literally all things to all people, but with the help for me of God, I was able to be what I needed to be for that person. Even if I only had 20 minutes with them, I was able to get what they need and pinpoint what it was that they wanted. And as a result, because I was authentic in my approach, I was easily to build trust and become credible because I wasn't selling people no junk. If I didn't like the product, I wasn't pushing it. And I think a lot of our um, account managers would be like, well, listen, this is what we need to sell. Mm. Well, if I don't like it and I know that it's not going to be 
good, I'm not going to push people to buy something that may not be in their budget or may not be in their price range just because we need to meet a goal. I can find another way to do it. And so for me, mm-hmm. a lot of my purchases came from skincare because I love skincare. And if your skincare foundation isn't the bomb, if you don't have bomb skin, you're not going to have bomb makeup. Um, you're just not. It's just not, not a thing. It's not a thing. And people want to cover up the blemishes and cover up everything. No, let's get to the root of it. The root of it is my skincare routine needs adjusting or needs an upgrade. How do I get to the root? Let's start with skincare. And then I can get you a good foundation because your foundation going to look like skin. And then the accoutrements of eyes, lips, and cheeks, that's going to be a natural byproduct of greatness because your skin looks good and you've taken the time to invest in your skincare, which also let's get to the root of it. It starts with your health. And that is the perfect segue into your triathlete inspiration. What, if you can remind me, what was it that pushed you to, and you did Ironman. Can I just like say that over and over again? Mashonda did Ironman. Okay, cool. Now that that has sunk in, talk to me a little bit about that, that leap and that jump. Like what inspired you to do that? Wow. Again, another journey. I did a relay back in 2009, 2008, 2009. It gets sketchy in my brain, but a woman said, Hey, would you like to be on my relay team? I was so naive and didn't know what exactly she was asking me to do, but I did it. And I saw other people doing biking and running. It's like, what am I at? Realized I was at a triathlon. I was like, oh, one day I want to do that. Moved to DC a few years later and saw that the YMCA had a triathlon team. And I said, oh, this is the perfect time for me to sign up. So I signed up and did my first triathlon in Philadelphia, the Philly Tri Relay. And literally every year just did one triathlon because I couldn't afford anything else and realized, how did I get involved in this expensive mm, sport? Because it's expensive. Of course. And being a makeup artist making at that time, what were we making? What, $25 an hour? If that, depending on, that was because if you're a freelancer, if you're working in the store, you're probably making $15 an hour. Mm -hmm. And uh, just not being able to afford a bike, afford good shoes, afford any other thing. So I was only able to do one a year because that was like a hundred dollars registration fee. And somewhere along the way, I remember what I felt like crossing the finish line, even though I was probably close to the back of the pack. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, this is exhilarating. I want this feeling again. And so I just kept doing it one year, one a year. And then around 2017, I was able to do more a year. And then in 2018, I did some more and was like, I think this is a lifestyle. And uh, 2019, I hired my first coach and was like, oh, this makes a difference when you actually have somebody telling you what to do and able to guide you and pinpoint your strengths, your weaknesses and have you to grow. And so I did my first uh, half that year. And then uh, 2020 came, I got injured at that half. So I didn't do anything 2020, but just kind of refocus and reset. And then in 2021, I did a couple of more um, races as well as completed, um, competed in Ironman Maryland. And uh, I do it freaking man, I will never get over that. I don't think I will either. (laughs) 
Because I just remember you starting and me being like, oh, that's cool. But again, yeah. it speaks to your curiosity and just how you move through things. You're like, this seems interesting. Okay. Yeah. And I have a natural addiction to risk, which can be good and bad and doing things for the heck of it, right? It's like, if you don't, you don't know what you can do until you try, <laughs> plug, try beginners luck podcast. You just don't know what you can do. And I feel like if we tried in life more often than not, we will surprise ourselves at what we really could do. And that's not to say that I haven't done things because of fear. Um, there's many things I haven't tried because of fear, or I didn't have the mm-hmm. confidence at the time, but I look back on it and I'm like, man, what if I would have believed in myself enough to try this, where would I be today? Today. Yeah. It's fear is a liar. It is. Fear is such a liar. And it's, it's a silver, silver tongue devil, because it'll have you thinking you, there are a lot of things you can't do a lot of things and doing things scared is like my new thing. It's, I say it out loud. It's like, we can do hard things terrified. Yeah. Um, and to that point, even if you do the hard things, it doesn't mean the result is going to be what you intended it to be. Like, let's be clear. I did the Ironman and I got uncontrollably sick as Mm -hmm. a result of being stung by multiple jellyfish that I didn't know how my body would respond. There was no way for me to practice that. Right. However, I finished the race and I finished the race 17 minutes over time. So by the standard of everyone else, oh, I DNF. I don't think so. What I did do was I finished overtime. I fought differently. And mm-hmm. I had to change my perspective about that because anyone who's on their feet for 17 minutes, literally having to stop to use the bathroom every other 15 or 20 minutes, you're not going to tell me I didn't finish. And you're not going to tell me I did not finish because I did finish. I just Mm -hmm. didn't finish in the standards in which um, marketing brands would say I would have finished in, but I finished in my heart and God calls me a finisher and therefore it is settled and it is finished. Hashtag I did it. Uh, I haven't done Iron Man. (laughs) So you did it. And I just want to encourage people because I think sometimes we get so caught up in things looking a certain way Mm -hmm. and as entrepreneurs, you and I both know the journey is not for the weak at heart. And just no, because man. it doesn't look a certain way, it doesn't mean that you're not successful. What does success look for, like for you? You have to mm-hmm. define that for yourself. And I am in a process now of reevaluating so much in my life because Instagram and social media will have you feeling like you're not successful based off of the metrics that they are presenting of these people's highlight reels of life. And that's wait, not wait, wait, true. Wait. Can you repeat that? I probably can you can't. repeat that. I probably can't. Because <laughs> it was Instagram just like in the will have you thinking you're have not you... successful based on yeah. the highlight reel of other people's lives. That is literally the entire basis of this podcast. And why I have people on to talk about their challenges and how they view certain things is because it's very easy to think you're not doing something well, or you're not doing something up to par when you're constantly inundated with other people's stuff. And listen, even the strongest willed person is going to have a moment where they question themselves because it's everywhere. Right. So how do you center yourself when you start to have those thoughts and those, those, those doubts, or how do you keep yourself grounded? Wow. That's a very good question. Cause lately 
Ooh, child. Ooh, Chile. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, <laughs> a friend of mine does breath work. And so I've been starting to just do what she's showing me in terms of taking my time to do breath work. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize that breath work could be so transforming and just taking a moment to take a breath and really deep breath and not the breath where you breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. No, breathing through your nose and out through your nose and literally getting to that parasympathetic mode of your body. And as I do that, it allows me to kind of just get myself centered and ready for prayer and going to God and saying, hey, this is what I need. This is where I am. I am not feeling the best today. Help me. Mm-hmm. especially as of late. So the weather has changed. It's getting darker early. And honestly, I have usually been, um, I have been a glass half full kind of girl. I'm mm-hmm. always optimistic, always very positive. And this year it's been hitting me very differently. And I'm like, is this kind of the signs of the pandemic kind of starting to come in and creep itself in. Uh And I've been having thoughts and things that I would never think about. And I'm like, okay, we're isolated for the most part by ourselves. People are still in their silos. I mean, it's been two years. It's two, right. And you don't think about that because things you're inside and you wake up and you're like, oh, it's the end of the year. And it just was January two days ago because things are happening so fast, but yet so slow. Mm -hmm. And so I have really gone to therapy. Yeah. So I'm going to say therapy, breathing, and Jesus has been a combo. It's a great combo. And I think some people, if they're Christians, they're like, oh, but therapy ain't right. Uh, Says who and who not. So yes, I love Jesus. I go to therapy and I breathe a lot and I also work out a lot. And Mm -hmm. I noticed after doing Ironman, uh, I stopped working out as frequently and as hard. And my mind wasn't used to getting the endorphins that it was getting. And so I had to be like, what is happening with my body? And so now I'm back working out, even if it's 30 minutes a day, I need to have something because I realized that those endorphins make such a difference in how I feel, how I approach people and how I show Mm -hmm. up. And Mm -hmm. I always want to show up well. And if I'm not, I have to say, you know what? I'm not in the headspace of that. I cannot do this today. And that's okay. Well, I mean, and the just advocating for yourself, that boundary of just knowing, hey, I'm not giving you my best and I want to. I think that's something that we could all learn how to do as well. It's not easy to do. It's not, but you have to learn it. It's either do that or people are going to be upset with you and think and start to formulate their own opinions about you that aren't true. And they're based off of a moment versus who you really are. And that's just about Mm -hmm. showing up well and giving yourself grace. We don't give ourselves enough grace. Not nearly. And I don't care now what people think as much about me, as much as I think about myself. And for me, I love me. I care about me. And I choose to take the time that I need. And if it doesn't work within your timeline, that's your loss, but it's going to be okay for me. And however, if you recognize that I'm not showing up my best and you want me to come, then guess what? It's going to be magical and it's going to be Mm -hmm. the right timing, meeting the right moment and the right headspace coming to whatever it is that I'm showing up for. Absolutely. Come on, Mashonda. Come on, preacher. Preach, preacher. Stop. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't do it. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, but you are speaking a word. So modeling, talk to me a little bit about how that fits in with everything. Cause we, we talked about our mental health and our natural beauty and our physical health and the endorphins it produce and just as how it helps you to stay grounded and shine as you need to shine. Talk to me a little bit about how modeling has helped you bridge some of that gap and has been important to you. You know, I can't say that modeling has bridged some of that gap. Okay. If anything, I've had to work harder at making sure that I'm okay in my own skin because the industry will tear you down. And what I say by that is, I mean, yes, obviously, as you get bigger jobs, your confidence boost. Yes, that's an increase because that says, okay, I'm on the right path. I'm doing the right thing. I, I hear what I'm doing. I am getting recognized for what I believe I can do. And now someone else is seeing that reality as well. But for instance, this journey, I've been on this journey for over 10 years, and I can't say that I've quote unquote made it. You know, I'm not on any big ads. I mean, if you're listening to this and you need a good curvy model, Al, I'm here. I mean, she's gorgeous. <laughs> um, but I can't say that I've made it. You know, a lot of agents, when they're looking, and here's the deal, you're always in a subjective manner because mm-hmm. you're subjected to what the people want at that particular moment. You're subjected to if you fit a role and it's no shade to you. You just may not be fitting what they're looking for. So I would say for me, I've had to protect my peace and knowing that I am good with who I am. I have been full figure pretty much all of my life Mm -hmm. and not always comfortable in my own skin. And it doesn't help when people tell you you've gained weight and you're like, what the, what, 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 how are you going to tell me that? Oh, you're looking a little pudgy. So we're going to have to take you off this show. I'm telling you, it is. And again, if you're stressed that time of the month, you are going to hold water differently. Mm-hmm. And so you have to quote unquote, go back to the breathing. I've learned to just not let anything stress me because stress, I gain weight in my stomach first. If I'm stressed, I can tell in my stomach. I can tell instantly. And so I have to take a moment back. And so for me, it's been more protecting my peace and Mm -hmm. knowing that uh, and having open conversations with my agents to be like, hey, what's happening? What do I need to work on? Am I doing okay? Do you have feedback for me? And listening to their feedback. And then you have to filter it and you filter it, meaning if it's good feedback and if it's very, uh, what's the word I want to use? If it's constructive feedback, mm-hmm. you want to listen to that and you want to listen to their instructions because they know they have their ears to the ground and they know what people are booking. If it's just critical, flush it in the toilet where everything else goes. That doesn't, it's not good. Flush it. <laughs> right. Right. You know, it's not. Okay. Do you hard. think that it's really been something that's been the thing that reinforces everything else you've learned or know. So everything else you've gained, um, just in so many different aspects of your life, do you feel like it's been the reinforcing, like the test in a way of like, how do you navigate these spaces with the breath work, the prayer, the grounding, then just like the being comfortable with who you are? Oh, absolutely. I would totally say it is reinforced so much. And Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the closed doors 
because sometimes closed doors are for a reason. And I remember being rejected from one client for five years. And then when I got the opportunity to be with this client, there was some very exponential growth and Mm -hmm. other models didn't necessarily understand it, but I knew, I knew that it was my time. And even with that, I still had roller coasters up and down, up and down. My weight fluctuated. You know, I wasn't one that people made friends with easily because again, you're coming in on people's territory and if they feel like you're squatting on their territory, then that's a challenge to them because that's money out of their pocket. And rightfully mm-hmm. so. It can get real weird when you, you're, you're not making the same money that you used to make. And so for me, I thank God for shielding me because when I was able to come to that, to those jobs and be in a more influential position and being mm-hmm. working on TV, I had more confidence in myself and I didn't have to worry about being in cliques or groups. And so I didn't have to worry about listening to the people who are going to quote unquote, tell you, you look good when you looking like crap out there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so for me, I might not have made a lot of friends in the up part, but I remained true to who I was and people either liked me or they didn't. And if they didn't like me, I think most times when we don't like somebody, we see something of ourselves in that person. A hundred percent. And so we don't like that, what we see. And it's not that we don't like them. We just don't like what they represent. Or what they remind us of. Or what they remind us of. And so I had to learn, you know, not to get caught up in that. Like women, we are women. And yes, some of us are loving and we love to love and uplift. And then some women are just, they don't love themselves. And so when you are coming up against a lot of that in the industry, because you've gotten a role because you look good but then you're empty inside, that makes for confusion. hundred percent. You know, like, oh, I look good, but then you're empty inside. And I could say at one point I was empty inside, but I had to learn that what was on the inside would change how I look. And every day, sometimes I look at myself and I marvel and I'm like, God, you are good. Because I know some days I don't be looking my best on the physical side, but in the inside I am. And that inside is what shines through. And so for me, it's not about the outward appearance because your outward appearance can change at any day. But when I model, I'm not modeling just because I look good. I'm modeling because I want women to see, hey, there's something in that girl that resonates with me. She is Mm -hmm. full figure. She is confident. She loves life. She loves herself. And most importantly, I have God directing my path. And so for me, that's what I want to exude. My mom, and you know, moms can be super critical. I had a show on this past week and she watched me and she knows I've been going through a lot. You know, I recently lost my brother this year, just kind of going through a lot of just grief and yes. still have to show up because, you know, America don't care about your grief. You know, yeah, you got to do a job. Does not. And I hadn't been feeling my best. And my mom said, I couldn't tell you looked beautiful. And it was a light radiating on the inside of you that literally exuded on the outside of you. And in mom. that moment, right, girl, because, you know, my mom, I love you, mom. Moms just can they don't tell you the truth. They'll give us and they'll take it away. Listen, uh, and uh, for her to tell me that, I said, wow, God really has to be doing something in my life. And one, I'm showing up 
even though I don't feel my best and it's not showing. And I think for me, that's the evolution because when I was younger, if I wasn't feeling good, you would get my you saw tail it. to kiss and you would see it. Yeah. But I'm learning how to put on my best face because he's putting in his best face with me. And like, mm-hmm. I, I believe in God. I've, I've said this before and I really, um, and Lauren and I have talked, so she knows some of the challenges that I've gone through, mm-hmm. especially this year. And I would not be here today if it wasn't for God directing my path and for him showing up for me when I can't sometimes show up for myself. Show for yourself. Yeah. Gosh, Mashonda, now that you've got me over here all like in my fifis, <laughs> like deep in them. I mean, it's real. Um, it, it's a real thing. And I'm not trying to be... I only can be me and authentic and share where I'm going. Like for me to be on your podcast and not be able to help someone else because of what I'm going through would be dumb. That's why we're here. So if you were to sum up your journey, your just where you've been over the last, we'll say decade, use what three words would you use to describe that that journey I would say faithfully fumbling forward oh we love alliteration when you said fumbling forward I was like yes and it's kind of a play on failing forward but faithfully failing forward because you don't grow if you don't fail say it again for the people who missed that you don't grow if you don't fail. And we get it's, caught up on failing. And I'm one of those people, I'm like, I saw, I didn't do this right. And it's like, girl, check up, learn from it, move forward, fail forward. Yes. And I find myself in positions like starting a podcast. I'm literally fumbling my way through it because I don't know anything about starting a podcast. But with faith, I'm fumbling forward. So you just giving me something. Faith, fumble forward. Bam. 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 And to circle back to my first question, if we were to meet a younger Mashanda, say fam you Mashanda, baby Mashanda, who or what would she say she wanted to be today? If we were to meet a young whippersnapper Mashanda in her younger ages around 10 to uh, I'd say 15, she, mm-hmm. well, actually even younger than that, I would say between seven through that 15 stage, I always knew I wanted to do something in entertainment. And I thought that was going to be music. Okay. Um, if I'm hundred percent truthful with myself, I loved music. Uh, I played music and would create music. And I thought that I would be um, in the music industry And I knew I wanted to do something glamorous on TV, like host shows and talk and interview people. So that was always at the core basis of who I was. As I got older and realized, I didn't think that that was really as attainable. Because again, coming from Augusta, Georgia, my parents only could expose me to what they could expose me to. Mm -hmm. And so 
although I was curious and I was in a lot of activities, I was exposed to things because of my curiosity, but not necessarily entertainment. So I didn't think that that was a pathway for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just don't even really fully consider it. Don't You're even like, I like it. these things, but like, so, and I was always into sports. So I knew I wanted to do something in sports. And so, mm-hmm. uh, in high school, I had an internship with, um, a local TV station and did a sports internship after working at the masters and thought that that was a p- pathway, but I was like, mm, I like sports, but maybe I'll go into medicine. I was a confused child. So I was really good in science and went to school for biology thinking I would be a sports medicine doctor. Clearly I felt so much in, uh, <laughs> in, in biology in college that I was like, oh, this is not the path. So I was talking to a friend and uh, she said, hey, have you thought about public relations? You really like to talk, you would be good in this field. So I went to PR thinking that I would help curate people's lives and stories and plan their events and be in that. So that's kind of the path. And I, so na- quite naturally, I'm doing what I probably always wanted to do. You are, you're, first of all, you're shining. All I heard was when I grew up, I wanted to shine and be a star and like, create <laughs> and that's right. that's my summation of your yeah. your story very very high level very, very just high to level. the point so yes and I'm, I'm doing to that. you and you're literally doing it and that's yeah. why I ask that question of people because I find that at some point whatever it is that was put in our spirit that we love to do or wanted to do when we were little shows up in some kind of way yeah, it does. For sure. For sure. Wow. Maybe that it's not monetized. Me... Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's just how we walk and live our life doing whatever else we're doing, but it's always there. And so just to hear yeah. your trajectory and like, so you're literally doing what you wanted to do when you were little, but like didn't quite have a name for it and couldn't have known what the path looked like. No, I, I guess I am. And thank you for making it like you make me feel like I'm smart, girl. Like, come on. I mean, you are. <laughs> <laughs> there's that. There's uh, that. There's that thing. Yeah. Um, no, I, that's really good. And as we sit back a lot of times, and I just want to encourage if your parents, whatever your children are doing right now, don't stifle that. Don't take it away from them. I'm not going to say that my parents didn't take anything away from me. It just looks different from when I grew up to now, but nurture that. If your kids are drawing, get them in more drawing classes until they say stop. Right. If your kids like to fumble around, get them in tumbling or ballet or gymnastics until they say I'm done because kids Mm -hmm. know when they're done. And sometimes kids are more wise because they don't have the weight of the world on their life. Like adults do. And so I just say, nurture your child's gifts and callings because you never know what you could be nurturing. That's beautiful, beautiful. And so on that note, if you were to give a pearl of wisdom or a mantra for your younger self, what would it be? I heard this song uh, back in the, well, that's popular now, like, you're doing a good job. You're doing a you good doing job. You're doing a good job. I don't want to curse, but you know, if you know the song, you know the song. And if you don't, you better look it up. But in real world, (laughs) I will just tell my younger self, the world is truly your oyster. 
you can do anything that you can imagine with the help of the Lord. Because if he's giving you the image, that means he's giving you the wherewithal on the inside to fulfill it. So don't limit yourself. Don't stop. When people are trying to dim your light, you shine even brighter. I love it. Whose world is this? Mine. The world is yours. The world is yours. Absolutely. I'm always good for a random musical quote. Shout out to Nas. Um, Mashanda, this was amazing. Thank you so much for chatting with me this morning. And I mean, it's always a joy when I get to spend any part of my day with you. Oh, thank you for having me, Lauren. And I'm so excited for your podcast and just excited for what uh, is happening in your life. And here's to being courageous because you're doing the darn thing. Listen, I, I have a, a lot of great mentors who are faithfully fumbling forward for me Ooh, to follow. Faithfully fumbling forward. Ew. All right. And you guys can catch Mashanda on her podcast. What days does it you normally drop? Yes. Try Beginner's Luck drops on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. And we do series. So at the end of the um so we do about 12 podcasts a series. Well, at least that's what we are doing for season one. So check us out. We have some really cool people from the USA uh, Triathlon CEO all the way to the first African-American female professional triathlete. So it's a really exciting season. Dope. And uh, so dope. You can find us at Tri, T-R-I, Beginners, B-E-G-I-N-N-E-R-S, luck.com. We are Try Beginners Luck on Instagram, Facebook, and social media. And I am Mashonda Shines on all your major platforms as well. And that's M I C H A N D A S H I N E S. And boy, does she shine everywhere she goes. Thank you so much, friend. Thank you, girlfriend. Have a good day. You too.